Hello, greetings. How are you doing? What are you going on for you this weekend and all of any of that good stuff? My name is Andre and I am one of the hosts of Peace Talks and I am along with my other host. John Sullivan. How you doing today, Andre? I'm doing great, John. I just finished some projects that I am actually pretty proud of. It oh, took yeah? a long time. I was here till three in the morning a few nights in a row. So Dang man. You know You grinding. Edited video, man. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something I know nothing about except for trimming. I just trim my videos. That's it. I don't know how to splice things together. None of that stuff. I just, I just be trimming. That's all. <laughs> Listen, man. That, if you want to get into that, it's gonna be some long nights. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to be good anyway. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you are correct. Um, well, so. I guess I'll start us out with uh, this day in history. Um, November 15th, 1942, the final naval battle off of Guadalcanal occurred, uh, sometimes referred to as the Battle of the Solomons, the Battle of Friday the 13th, or November the 15th, because it started on the 13th, um, or the Naval Battle of Guadalcanal. But uh this was a huge turning point in the war because, as everyone knows, almost a year previously, in 1941, the Japanese defeated the United States uh, Pacific Fleet at anchor in Pearl Harbor. So to come back a little under a year later with this kind of might and power to put to sea a fleet of this size and defeat them in a four-day-long battle is a huge deal, you know? They did not realize what they were getting into fighting a war against the uh, industrial might of the United States. Um, Also in 1920, the first League of Nations was founded. That one is the precursor to the UN of today. So there we have it. Yeah. You've been enlightened on some history. Yeah, I get the double button for that one. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was two. I hit him with that double barrel, you know. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't promote violence, but you know, just for comedic effect, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. I understand. I met firecrackers, Andre, the double I, barrel firecracker launcher I have I at home. I don't shoot firecrackers, so I don't have them, so I don't know what you're talking about. Fair enough. All right, um, do you want to go first, or or yeah, I think we'll go with your thing first. Uh, Andre's bringing something to the table today. A man he's tried to avoid discussing. Pretty much all semester. Um, so pretty much I have came up on some Trump news like we all have came up on. And apparently he was intimidating one of the people that were trying to testify against him in court today. And they actually caught it. And the people were not happy about it. No, I'm, I'm sure they, sure they weren't. Was it like, uh, did you ever watch The Office? Yeah. Yeah, was it like Michael like I will kill you to White <laughs> like behind his hands? I didn't I don't I don't, I, I don't know the story at all. So this is breaking news to me and you're the one breaking it. So <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think they actually showed him being in the courtroom doing it, but they may have I just haven't seen seen it yet, so this is kind uh-huh. of just on the fly. Oh, I seen this on the yeah. social media. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, all right, let's see Dude, what if he's about. in court like physically like looking across the table at the dude like hey, sh- shut your mouth <laughs> it's gonna, it's just gonna be like dude how how can you do this how can you continuously do this kind of thing 
So if he was in there like he was staring down Hillary Clinton in um, the debates yeah. in 2016, yeah. then, then man. That's, uh, that's a video I need. I need I need a, uh, a this is maybe controversial, but I need a gif of that. That's right. It's a soft. It's there. Oh, yeah. It's probably there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, I think I remember seeing it when it happened. Just the people, because people were just so angry about it. They oh, would just yeah. look at it walking down, just, you know, he, like, yeah. he about 6'3", and just looking down. But he's just a large pacing, fella. Pacing. He's a large fella. But that's it. But that's probably why he kind of like won, though. He had, yeah. even though people didn't like him, he had stage presence. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that, that is presence. why he won. He has, he has a presence. And, uh, I mean, it's not like the coastal elites versus the middle America thing anymore. It's not. It's it's people are voting for the charismatic people that they feel like might actually do something to help them, but they're all the same person. Celebrity. Yeah. They're voting for the celebrity because the celebrity is more entertaining. And yeah. the celebrity seems at least a little bit more authentic than the people that are actually in politics. Yeah. Because people have been getting lied to their whole lives about what, the people in the country exactly. are actually trying to do for the yeah. little people in the country mm-hmm. when they really just trying to do what they've always done is make money. Yeah. It's a cream. We talk about it often, <laughs> but people still don't understand that because yeah. people keep getting upset about what's going I on. I know. I know. And it's all a distraction. It's all a distraction to keep us occupied for our like 70 to a hundred years. And then, they continue to stack wealth but anyways uh so that's is that really all we've got for that topic or but before we get off of this okay that kind of goes into the, the distraction thing you were just talking about right yeah so they can attain wealth why haven't like more people obviously there are barriers on top of barriers but there's still a way to get around it why haven't people thought of a way to own their own stuff Instead of just trying to work for somebody. They keep you on the wheel, man. They do. They keep you on the wheel. I mean, every, like, Christmas you get a bonus instead of a pay raise if you've been a good employee. Now, that bonus is nice, but I'd rather have the pay raise because that is, over the next three years, going to be more than your bonus was. And they they do little things like that that people get excited about because it's like here's three thousand dollars go have fun spend this on your kids for christmas and you're excited and you go do that but i'd rather take a pay raise because then you slowly increase the amount of money that you have and your kids still have a good christmas but you slowly increase the money you have and right now my fiance and i are renting an apartment and i want to move to nightdale soon because Land in Nightdale is not that much. You can get a house out there. It's still 15, 20 minutes from Raleigh, downtown, depending on where you live in Nightdale. Yeah, you got to deal with traffic, but the city of Raleigh is growing by 100,000 people a year. And, I mean, soon Nightdale will just be a smaller, close suburb of Raleigh. And, I mean, if I have land there that I own, then I've got money in Raleigh. And my biggest plan for when I have a a job and I'm working alongside with my fiance and where you get two incomes is we're going to take one income and divert it into savings and the other one we'll live off of. But, uh, we're going to, I, I've, I've told her this plan. I think Detroit 
is a city on the rise again. And there are thousands and thousands of vacant houses in the suburbs of Detroit. I mean, like, not even the suburbs. They're still in the shadows of the tall buildings sometimes. And if you go buy the lot and the house, somebody's got to pay you for both. You know, (laughs) somebody's going to have to buy both of them from you if they want to renovate that house and own the land that it's on. So, I mean, uh, to me, I think that would make perfect sense to to buy a couple like $20,000 houses in Detroit, wait for wait 10 years for Detroit to take off again and then sell them for 80 to 100 grand. That's what Jay told me to do, you know? I take that 2 to the 4. 4 to the 8. Said <laughs> hold did that so you ain't got to go through that. I, yeah. I, yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah, exactly, man. He bought that painting for uh 2 million. Three years later, four million. <laughs> he can't wait to give that to his children. <laughs> but for real though, I mean, it. you've got to own the things that you have. When you pay off your car, that's not time to go buy a new car. You drive that thing into the ground as long as it serves your purposes at the moment. You know, and then maybe you sell it or maybe you give it to your kid, but you own that thing. And if... They say it's time to put a new engine in it. Well, people will tell you it's not worth it to put a new engine in that car. But putting a new engine in a car is from 3000 under, usually. I mean, as long as it's not like a V8 or something. It's 3000 and under to put like a four-cylinder or a six-cylinder in a car. A new car is worth significantly more than that. you got to buy the whole new thing. Just buy the engine, you know? I mean, an engine swap, people are telling you, oh, you're a moron. Why wouldn't you just get something new? Well, because... I could part this car out for a grand and then go use that grand to buy a car or I could pay $3,000, put a new engine in it and drive it for another 120,000 miles. Or you can use that thousand you spending on it or that extra money you spent on a new car into a new business. Yeah. A new website. Pay yourself first, you know. I'm starting to learn that. I've never been great with my money. My fiance and mom are going to laugh when they listen to this episode because I sound financially smart. But if you look at my bank account, it says a different story. But that's because I'm still in school. You know, I, I, I'm trying to turn that around during my last semester upcoming here. I'm going to really try to actually put aside some savings, a little bit of money, working odd jobs here and there just so I have something when I graduate to look at and be like, Hey, at least you weren't stupid all of your college career. (laughs) So, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the world and I'm looking at the different ways to make it a safe place to live. And like really financial stability is one of the safest things you can do for yourself and your family. So, and the stock market is never a guarantee, but what is a guarantee is land. Land is a guarantee. If you own that land, unless the government wants to put a, a building on it or something, that's your land, and they're gonna have, somebody has to pay you for it. And they still have to pay you for it, but it's not, it's not going to be as much. But, I mean, yeah, it's buy land, people. Buy land near water, too. The other thing about Detroit is... Sorry. The other thing about Detroit is it's on Lake Michigan. And, uh, you know, Lake Michigan is a freshwater lake you get to eat when the water wars inevitably happen <laughs> unless somebody figures out uh desalinating water 
and and getting the salt out of it when the water wars eventually happen i'm gonna be sitting pretty with a couple hundred thousand gallons right outside my back door if i take one of those houses who knows we'll see people we'll see you might catch me up there with shady living in detroit i'm from detroit michigan don't play with me <laughs> you know what i'm talking about andre <laughs> that video that guy smacking the young kid who's like i'm trying to record a video here it was all over twitter it's amazing. I might have seen it, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, but that's even though that sounds messed up, that does sound that does seem like a hilarious picture. No, dude, it's it's the funniest funniest video. It's this kid trying to record a video at a sink in like a McDonald's bathroom, and an old man comes up to wash his hands. And yeah, and, yeah, and he's <laughs> like, "I'm from Detroit, Michigan, young man. Don't play with me." Heck yeah. out of him. <laughs> He's got soap in the palm of his hand too, and the soap goes flying. It's it's great, great comedy. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend trying to find that video. But anyways, um, you know, yeah, so financial financial stability we got there eventually. You got anything else? Any other topics for the day? And just before we leave off this to all the people that are trying to learn how to get financial stability, just start searching for information. Start asking people who may who you may think know about financial stability. Look it up online, but don't take it from the first person you hear. Just keep looking and going to different types of resources and outlets. And look into starting a retirement fund. It sounds mm -hmm. weird, but trust me, if you start paying for it now, at 20 or 18, think about where you're going to be when you're 40 and you're planning on retiring. You can retire early. Exactly. Also, Social Security is going to run out for us. There's not there, there's too many people. But oh, oh, yeah. we know we're not getting Social Security. <laughs> yeah, I'm my dad's like, you're going to get Social Security. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not, dad. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. Let's see. Uh. I guess our our final topic of the day, I wanted to talk a little bit about loss. Um, it's going to get serious for a minute, which I'm not known for. But um, loss is a very real thing. Uh, it's something we all have to deal with. A year and a half ago, two years ago, I lost my uncle, um, Joe, to lung and or to throat cancer uh, and, and complications with breathing because of heavy smoking so it's uh i've seen it and i mean we went from thinking he had seven months to thinking he had a month to he was gone in a day literally i i saw him on tuesday he was gone on wednesday and um you never know when you're gonna lose the people in your life and if it's kind of like a situation where you can see the writing on the wall you want to do everything you can to spend the time that you can with them. Like I would go and watch college football with Joe every Saturday because it just meant a lot to him and to me because, you know, every year we would get the preseason rankings and call each other and talk about him. And then when he finally moved here um, a year before he passed, we, he went and he went and got the preseason rankings for each of us and we sat and talked about him. And, uh, it never gets easier losing somebody because we stay and they go. But um, at the end of the day, I know he's not in pain. 
that's what really matters. And uh, even though it's hard for me to watch college football now, it's um, it's easier knowing that he's not in pain and he's not he's not suffering, but that he is up there, hopefully somewhere. I don't know where we go, but hopefully somewhere with my his mom and his dad having a good time. But um, I just wanted to speak a little bit about it. Somebody I know is experiencing loss right now, and it's just. It's never easy, but, you know, you do still have people there for you, hopefully. And you can look at it one of two ways. Either this is unfair and I hate this, or I'm going to make the most of this opportunity to spend time with this person. And when they're gone, know that they're no longer suffering and they are hopefully back to their favorite form that's why I like to think we get to become our favorite form of ourselves reason I did that it's not to be funny it's not a joke because in death we have to look at the celebration of life Mm -hmm. we don't always have to look at the sad point of people dying or having to go to funerals we can also think of a new way to actually take death in instead of having just a sad morning have a celebration mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be big it can be small intimate with a few people or everybody who actually knew the person or who were really involved in their life actually just embrace what they did for each and one another and just have a moment yeah it's always going to be sad and emotional but just know that this person whoever it is did something good or a lot of things good because unfortunately everybody doesn't have that same walk of life. Mm-hmm. But this person has done something to help somebody yeah. and appreciate them, appreciate them for what they did. Even in passing, my uncle still takes care of me. You know, he uh, he left me his massive 4K TV, which was a big bonus. You know, he was he was like here. Because he knew that I was the one out of everyone in the family who would give it the proper proper use on sports channels. My dad doesn't have time to watch sports, and no one else in the family is as into sports as he and I were. So he knew it would get the proper usage. Um, I have little things of his uh, that I look at every day. Um, I have a candle that I light on college football Saturdays, and when that burns out, I'm going to hopefully find a replacement for it. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I miss my uncle, but I know he's, he's doing better and that's all that matters. Oh, and he left, he left me his car. So everywhere I go is thanks to him. You know, literally everywhere I go from now on in my life will be thanks to my uncle. And, uh, and I think that's just something really special. So find that thing that the person that you miss, left to you even if it's just a memory if there's something you have to hold on to and and write it down too just so that you can never forget it write it down in the greatest detail you have because every day memories fade a little bit and so just something something that you can look at and remember about that person and about their life and who they were to make you feel a little better because it does suck I mean like I said earlier, they go and we stay. And when somebody goes, it sucks, but it's a part of life. 
and like Andre said, you know, make it more of a celebration of their life than a uh, than a a sad affair because everybody's gonna cry. There's no use in crying sadly. Let's make it like about the jokes they used to tell or the funny things they used to do. So that's pretty much all I have on that. You know, I just to the person who's going through it right now, I love you. Um, and I'm here for you, but, uh, definitely, you know, and you never know when it's coming to. So always hug the person that you're leaving the room with, or just give them a good goodbye, you know, cause you never know it could happen anytime and anywhere. So just make sure you're on good terms with people. Yeah. And you always got to remember that. So yeah. unfortunately I don't, I'm not the guy that likes to get really personal mm-hmm. in public unless it's, you know, it's warranted. So in this kind of forum too, like a yeah, like a discussion. So before I was 20, I lost five people in my family mm-hmm. <clears throat> that I actually knew and were, if not a little close with, kind of knew a little bit. So before I really could know what death was, I lost my great granddad they call him granddaddy doc and he was kind of like one of the staples of our household in wise north carolina mm-hmm. or at least the one that my mom lived in i I just visited there so that was one and then first but he was like, a constant you know he was always yeah, there around three yeah that's when i lost him so then around five ish Great grandma, Grandma B. Lost her. Uh, thing is, I didn't really like her too much because she was always mean, but I found out later on, like literally, like a few years ago, that she had dementia. Oh, well, that's, yeah. So she couldn't really remember certain things. And she mm-hmm. was real stern on top of that, just in general. So, yeah. It was, I didn't really like it too much as a kid, but I didn't understand. Well, and that generation just had a different entirely different you know set of rules growing up so it makes sense that she may be a stern but yeah yeah and then i lost my step granddad i'm actually real granddad my step granddad when i was about like seven mm-hmm. and then and funny thing you said that you have your um one of your lost family members cars or yeah my uh uncle subaru he uh he left me his outback last year um but uh yeah i have that because uh I, my fr- the first car that i drove was my grand step granddad's car oh cool it was his lincoln <laughs> love lincoln's yeah the town car oh yeah I, I drove that for i bet he loved it didn't he yeah that car worked somehow because it broke down on me a few times but it still kept going so he was oh, yeah. through it Lincoln Town cars are the best. Yeah, those are like the most indestructible cars mm-hmm. ever. It's like a Crown Vic, but way nicer on the inside. Yeah. Yep. And then when I was 13, Christmas Eve, I lost my uncle. Oh, yeah, man. Literally, he got married a year before he passed. And on Christmas Eve, we lost him. Was it expected? Oh, we knew he was sick. Okay. But the death wasn't, it just came all of a sudden. Well, death is never expected unless you're, you know, 90 in a nursing home. But, yeah. yeah. 
I haven't felt the same about Christmas since. Yeah. Honest with you. No, it it takes something from you. It does. I mean, I can't watch college football this season. Like I said, I I put it on because I know that's what he would have wanted, but I glance at the screen. I can't really watch. Yeah. And that was the last time I cried. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that was the last time I cried. I 13 years old. Yeah. And, and my aunt, Lucille, she passed when I was about 17, 18. And I just remember going up to her casket and kissing her forehead. Mm-hmm. Kiss my fingers and I rubbed on her forehead. It was just so hollow. Yeah. I just felt empty. Yeah. I just sat there. I was just feeling empty. Mm-hmm. Because she was the one that was there from like when I was a kid, when they there the longest. So even though I didn't see her much, I had kind of a, like a knowing attachment of knowing who she was a little bit at least. Yeah. And actually having kind of a relationship. That's how it was with my uncle at first because my grandparents all died by the time I was 11. Uh, one of them was gone before I was born about six months before I was born. My mom lost her dad. And then, um, yeah, my, my, I think my, her husband, my grandmother passed when I was seven, like six or seven. Yeah. And then, uh, and then from there it was, I think like nine and then 11. And, um, yeah, it, it was, it was tough to learn that young that people are not constantly going to be there for you. But at the same time, it taught me that life is precious. So it, I think it did shape me somewhat into a softer person because, you know, I I don't want to be, I just don't, I don't want to be on anybody's bad list, I guess, because you never know when it's going to happen. But, um, I think it did the opposite for me. It made me a little more, not a little more. It made me probably, a lot more insensitive yeah. to certain things in life. To my benefit, though, but mm-hmm. at certain times, I know I can't have emotional connections with yeah. people because of how I know life is and how life gets. Yeah, It exactly. can end tomorrow. That's my mindset mm-hmm. on everything. So trusting people and thinking that they're going to be there forever is never in my brain, mm-hmm. which is cool good to have because it's an important lesson but it may impact some relationships you could have oh definitely well yeah your people in your family the opposite gender if you're trying to actually have something that you can build on family yeah kids that kind of thing yeah so it even though that happened to me so young that had a big effect on how i deal with things emotionally Mm -hmm. life because I don't talk about anything to anybody unless it's really bothering me that much. Mm-hmm. Or even if I do, it's only like one or a few people, and it's not my family. Yeah. Because even though I can talk to them about anything, it's just the way that they, way that people like listen to it. If I'm, I don't know if I'm getting out correctly, but I know that in order for me to actually get it out the way I want, so I got to do it some other way. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. talking to them just won't do it. Yeah, no, that's that makes sense. Um, yeah, talking to a friend is sometimes a lot easier than talking to your family. If the issue is something you don't want your family to know about, it's definitely easier. But, I mean, even just other things, because your family taught you how to view things, so it's probably going to be like bouncing off of a sounding board. <laughs> like you're just going to be thinking about it in the same way or 
you're going to be thinking about it in a completely different way if you saw how your family was and were like, I'm not going to be that. So it it makes sense to talk about things with other people. But, um, yeah, you got anything else on the but just, topic of Just loss? to go back to that point, like, don't get twisted. Like I said, family's great, love oh, definitely. great, but just certain things I know for a fact I just can't talk about with my family. Absolutely, and I it's understand nothing against that. them at all. And, totally. I, and I just wish that I could have actually talked to the people I lost as I as a grown man. Oh yeah, we were talking about that before the pod. Yeah, because I feel like those I really needed those conversations that they could have actually gave me because mm-hmm. I heard how intelligent my granddad was, what my uncle used to do. He actually jumped out of planes in the army. Oh, he was a paratrooper. That's sick. Yeah, and my yeah. grand and my uh, step granddad, he really just studied and was a bookworm a lot. Mm-hmm. So he was very so knowledgeable. He knew about almost everything. Mm-hmm. And my great granddad might have been the same way. So I really wish I could talk to them as a grown man just to get the man perspective, the man to man conversations that I just need mm-hmm. or needed. Yeah. That's that's completely fair. I definitely, you know, it goes back to if you could have a dinner party with four people from the past, who would they be? You know, I mean, I'd probably include my grandmother uh, in one of those people. Um, not to say that I loved her more than I loved any of my other grandparents, but she did so much historical stuff that I would love to talk to her. And she, I mean, she owned her own plane in the 1940s and would fly it before radar and before navigation was available to the public and she would fly by maps and like okay that hill is three miles to my north i have to turn west and like and and that's so cool to me that she flew by by the sun and stars uh in the 40s when women weren't even allowed to join the air force unless it was in an auxiliary role and that's crazy to me that um well, I guess it was the Army Air Corps, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. That's so cool. Like, and she made one of the first, uh, transatlantic, uh, radio broadcasts having tea with the queen. I mean, that's just so cool to me that I would love to talk to her. I mean, I would love to talk to all my grandparents. My, my grandfather was on a destroyer in world war two. Uh, he was, he was just getting ready to ship out when the war ended. So <laughs> he didn't really, he, his friends called him the Admiral of the James river because that's what his destroyer did sailed up and down the James river in Massachusetts. But I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear about them and learn from their life experiences, how to better prepare for my own life. Cause there is a ton that changes between generations, but there's also many constants like how to love someone truly. That's a constant, you know? And, and that kind of thing is something that, I would love to have passed on to me by people who were very good providers for their family. Yeah. And as a man, I always go back to this, just looking at how life is getting transcribed on TV and around the world, that male leadership in the most important parts of life are when the male is getting older. When he's younger, moms and pops, if he's there or not there, 
can do mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do. But when the man gets to the age where he doesn't really, it's going. It's always a point in a man's life where he doesn't really look at his moms on a respect level. Oh, I'm going through that with my little cousins right now. They're, so they yeah. need them, that man guidance to say, hey, this is what you need to do and all that. Don't disrespect your moms. Mm-hmm. And this is what you need to know about being a man. Well, that's what I'm trying to instill in my cousins. And I'm 23, so I don't exactly know what it takes to be a man. But I like to think I'm a decent example for them. And I'm just trying to instill that in them because my aunt adopted them at uh, four and five and another little girl who was two. And they, uh, they've they grown up with her as their mom. And she does her very, very best. But they just they are now getting to the point where they're 14 and 15 and they're realizing like what adoption meant that they now live with her and they are rebelling kind of against that thought process, but they're not realizing because they weren't old enough to remember the horrible situation she took them out of where they were having gunshots fly over their head every day. And they don't remember that. So I remember that. So I'm trying to go, Hey, listen, you need to be grateful for what is happening here. I, you're not always going to be best friends with your mom, but like you need to understand that she is sacrificing a lot. She didn't have to take, like you weren't even her kids. She, not to put that into a negative light, she took you because she loved you, not to hold it over your head, but she took on this extra responsibility for that love for you. So I'm trying to instill that in them and make them realize that at the end of the day, she's the biggest supporter they have and and the most powerful person in their life because they live in New York. So I can't always go over there when she needs me or not even needs me, but just when she could use a hand. So, and they're good kids. They really are good kids. They just, they just need some help and guidance, and that's where I'm trying to come into play. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, to the people out there that may be experiencing this or have already went through this, that it's part of life. It happens. It's okay. You have your time to grieve. Mm-hmm. Do it. Get the help you need, whether it's from your friends, from your parents, therapy, Whatever you need to do to get the help you need from the situation that brought you to this point, get it. Absolutely. Don't dwell on things. You know, I mean, situations come and pass, but at the end of the day, you still have a certain amount of time left and you shouldn't use it grieving if if you can help it. You know, I mean, get the help you need and then and then make it a point to move on without forgetting because you're still here, like I said, and they're gone. So, but the thing, unfortunately, you have to always remember is life does go on. So, absolutely, you have to still provide and feed for your family and for yourself. And on that note, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy what we do here, make sure to follow us at the Peace Times on Instagram, the Peace Times on Twitter. Actually, it's TPT newspaper on Twitter, mm-hmm. the Peace Times on Facebook, and the Peace Times on YouTube, also on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, 
Search WPU Peace Talks and you will get this podcast. Absolutely. And print edition of the newspaper is dropping next week sometime. Awesome. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, be grateful, be loved, be happy, be inspirational, be motivated, and just be yourself as always. My name is Andre, and I am here with John, mm-hmm. and this is the end of Peace Talks. Peace out.